All right, we're ready to get into this this morning? Let's do it. If you wouldn't mind, let me just um, pray over all of us in the Word today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time in the Word, for this time in your presence, God. And Lord, we just give you thanks and praise. We ask that you would just speak, Lord, today through your word, open our hearts to hear, open our ears, Lord, and God, that we would just receive from you, God, as we've given you uh, worship and praise that you are so due, Lord, we ask that you would just touch our hearts today, God, and change us, challenge us today through your word. We love you and we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. All right, well... um, the picture that was just put up there, uh, if I was to say the word summit, uh, I was going to give you a moment to prepare mentally, but I imagine all of you mostly, if I say the word summit, this is probably what you're going to think of. Maybe not exactly this particular one, but the top of a mountain, the top of a hill, the top, you know, us in Louisiana, we dream big, right? A hill? You know, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We have high aspirations to get to the top of a hill, okay, because, you know, we just don't know what having hills are. Well, I guess if you, where's David? David Clark, where are you? Okay, well, for any of you who have lived in Alexandria, that area, at least they know what it's like to have elevation above sea level, a whole, like, you know, 40, 50 feet. Oh, well, hey, it's all right. <laughs> We're talking to some, some land dwellers this morning. We know what it's like to be at sea level, but many of us, in the congregation here, we'll probably never know what it's like to rise to the top of this particular peak. How many of you know this is the peak? This is Mount Everest, okay? When familiar with Mount Everest, the tallest peak in the world, nearly 30,000 feet, that is the cruising altitude of most commercial jetliners. Um, I would love to, but I'm more than likely will probably not find myself ever at the top of a 29-plus-thousand-foot summit but I can tell you, um, myself, mentioned David Clark, and uh, Joey Cormier have had the opportunity. How many of you like the great outdoors? How many of you like getting out, you know, getting out maybe uh, not so much in, you know, some of you may prefer tents, some of you may prefer RVs, but sometimes it's just great to get out and um, go be out in nature and just enjoy God's creation. And uh, the last several years, the three of us have had the opportunity to go and do several hiking trips um, the farthest we've gotten thus far has been Arkansas, but um, as Chris Irvin knows, that's where he's from, they have more elevation there than we do here. So um, what you're looking at right here, this is Joe. Kind of hard to see. That's me. And then that's David, okay? Now, what we are at the top of there is uh, on the, one of the trails that we have had the opportunity to hike. It's called Eagle Rock Vista. Okay, now the trail that we were on there is called Eagle Rock Loop. Vista is one of the highest points on there. And uh, this was the very first year we've done that loop twice. Now, is the top of Eagle Rock Vista even remotely close to the top of, you know, uh, per se, this? No, it's not. But you know what? We worked hard to get up there. Where's Joey? Where's Joey? Joey, did we work hard to get up there, man? There was blood. Maybe not. There was sweat and there were tears, man. But we made it, and no one's going to take it from us. David, me, Joey, you know, we had the opportunity to go and to do that. And, you know, um, at least for myself, that was the tallest I'd ever been up before, you know, just walking and hiking, that kind of thing. And 
you know, the interesting thing is, no matter how tall it is, because there have been people, you know, many, many, many people down through the last, you know, several, a uh, couple hundred years have made attempts to climb Everest. Many have succeeded, many have not. But whether you have, um, you know, climbed a physical mountain or not, is what we're talking about this morning is the summit, the summit. Now, Reaching the top of these climbs involved, as I just said, hard work. It also involved determination. And the reward for it, for those that have had the ability to climb this and many others who have climbed maybe other mountains in the world or in this country, the reward for your hard work and for your determination is what? It's a beautiful view, a moment of just tranquility, standing literally at, at, that, at that place on the top of the world, with a beautiful view above everything else, and the knowledge that something difficult had been overcome. Now, there's a movie that just came out, was released about a week ago, um, called Everest, and so that's kind of um, reinvigorated, you know, um, you know, our interest in this mountain. Uh, this has been a, a, an interest of mine for long before that, but what the events that are covered in that particular movie um, was a climbing expedition. As a matter of fact, it covers a couple. In 1996, uh, a very dangerous uh, um, summit attempt by these uh, couple of expedition groups ran into some trouble, and it wound up being one of the most deadly days in the history of Mount Everest. Um, storm came in, caught many on the top of the mountain when they weren't expecting it, and uh, scattered the groups, and, and many people wound up losing their lives. And what the, the emphasis on that is, though, is what we want to talk about today, that we can get to, we can have that summit, but we also have to remember that there are things that God wants to show us about summits in our lives. To that, I say this, whether we've actually climbed a literal mountain or a really, really, really tall hill, Joey, is it classified as a mountain? It's a mountain. It's not going to be taken from us, ladies and gentlemen. We climbed a mountain. We did. But whether we've climbed a literal mountain or not, when we have a summit moment in our lives, or a, if you, many of you have probably heard it said this way before, a mountaintop experience, I believe we can all agree that it's something exhilarating and extremely satisfying. Can I get an amen? When we have those mountaintop moments in our lives, when we have those moments in our lives where we summit what we've been climbing, that obstacle, that Mountain. We even talked about it on Wednesday. Those mountains that seem to be just dropped in front of us, and all of a sudden we have to start climbing. You know, when we get to the top of it, whether it was something we planned on or whether it was something that just came in front of our lives, when we achieve the top of that pinnacle, that obstacle that was standing in our way, and you're standing on the top of the world, just like, woo, looking out over everything, it's exhilarating. It's exciting. Why? Because we've achieved something. It didn't overcome us. We overcame it, right? Did you know that in Christ, whether you know it or not, there are summits that we will have in our lives if we continue moving forward? You know, wanting to summit, wanting to rise to the top of a challenge, wanting to succeed, it's natural. You know, there's an innate desire in all of us to succeed. In Christ, we're taught that up is where we find our help. We're, you know, we're even taught that in Scripture. In the book of Psalms, chapter 121, and verses 1 and 2. Some of you may already know where I'm going. The book of Psalms, chapter 121, verses 1 and 2, says this. 
I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Depending on which translation you're looking at, some say mountains. But I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the what church? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven, who made earth. We're taught in Scripture to look up. Up is where our help comes from. What must be remembered, church, is this. Many times, with the successes in our lives, as we find ourselves going up, we must remember this. The higher we get, and some of you may have experienced this in your life or know someone that, that, that it happens this way in their lives. A lot of times what can happen is the higher we get, the less help we think we need. You know what I'm talking about? When we, see, when we see results, when we see successes in our lives, when we feel like we're heading up there to the top of the mountain or we're standing on the top of it, the higher up we get, the less help we may think that we need. In reality, that couldn't be further from the truth. It's just the opposite. We need God's help more than ever the higher we go. Learning from Everest, the picture that we're looking at here. Um, how many of you, hey, we may have some people in here. How many of you know someone who has summited Mount Everest? Anyone? Anyone? Okay. Um, Joey and I were talking this week. He actually has a friend who knows someone who is planning to go there next year. Okay. And uh, is Will here this morning? Will? Will's actually summited um, a mountain before. Not Everest, but, you know, Will's been to the top of a mountain before. So what I'm about to explain here, we do have people. How many of you in here have ever been to the top? Maybe Colorado or a tall peak before. Okay? Awesome. Good. So let me give you some science this morning that, uh, that goes along with what we're talking about here. If you're at the bottom of the ocean, okay, maybe not the bottom, but if you're pretty deep in the ocean, all right, you're in a submersible or you're swimming and somehow you're able to get a mile down, right? What is on top of you? A whole lot of water, yes? That's why we talk about water pressure, because the more that is on top of you, the more pressure is being placed upon you, all right? Now, it's the same in air, because there's water in air. All of us Louisiana dwellers, can I get an amen? How much water is in the air in Louisiana? It's almost just water floating in front of us, okay? But it's the truth of the matter. There is water and air, and air does have pressure as well. So it stands to be the same lesson holds true. If we're standing at sea level, we have a lot more, there's a lot more air on top of us. The higher you go, there is more or less air pressure. Less. This is why cabins inside of airplanes are pressurized. And if they lose pressure, what happens? Your little oxygen masks fall down. They tell you not to freak out, but we all know that's just not going to happen. Okay? Now, the reason being is whenever you get higher, there's less pressure there. The air is thinner. Okay? So what happens is if any of you have ever done studies on Mount Everest, learning from it since we're looking at it here, in the final camp that you reach, because obviously... Um, it takes it takes many, 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 many days from the very bottom of Mount Everest to get to the top. But there are multiple base camps that you will stop at along the way. Your final camp, before you begin your final ascent, in that last, 
that last span between camp and the summit, when you get to that peak, your body is literally functioning with one-third of the oxygen that you are used to functioning at. Think about that. One-third. Okay, we have, we have usual. I mean, have you ever found yourself with shortness of breath? That's kind of a, you know, like, <gasps> you know, you're winded or whatever. You know, you, you feel that there's a lack of breath. You can't catch your breath. Can you imagine every breath you take being like that for just hours and hours and hours and days upon end? In Everest, at the very top, that's how you function. Your body literally is functioning with a third of the oxygen that it was designed to handle. As a result, there's less oxygen circulation to your brain. Some of the physical results of this is it can slow your thinking and it can cloud your judgment. The two first people ever to summit Mount Everest were Sir Edmund Hillary and the Sherpa that was with him, Tenzing Norgay. Tenzing's son, Jamling, back in 1996, was one of the groups that were summiting Mount Everest. And he actually wound up making it out of that experience. And I watched a documentary about the, the climb and the multiple people. And one of the things he said, and I remember watching it because just since this has been coming about, and I knew the Lord was telling me that this is what he wanted me to share. So I started kind of digging in, researching, getting information. And while I was watching this documentary, he said something. I was, it's so simple, but man, it just struck me talking about the lack of oxygen up there, how it can, it can slow you, it can dull you. He said it very simply. He said, you think, you think your brain is sharp, but it's not. How many of us have ever found ourselves in that position before? We're up on the top of the world. We've got the, the whole, you know, we, we can see it all. We've got the victory right in our hands. We're standing on the peak, and we think that nothing can touch us, and then we make a mistake. Just, and and it's just something silly as well. You think your mind is sharp, but it's not. In this respect with what we're talking about this morning, as we climb the mountain, summit the situation, whatever you want to call it, in the high times, we must keep looking to our help and not let the thrill of victory cloud our judgment. There's a certain king in the Bible that I was reminded of as I was studying this. In 2 Samuel 11, 1, talking about King David. This verse starts off with, in the time when kings go off to war, which king did not go off to war that day? King David. And for those of you who know what happens throughout the rest of that chapter, it's the account of David and Bathsheba. What happens is King David is supposed to be with his troops. It's the time where they're supposed to be mounting horses and heading off to war, heading off to battle. Yet David decides to stay behind. He's out on his balcony. He sees Bathsheba. And, you know, she is, um, you know, she's bathing in the moonlight. And the Bible says that his mind is filled with desire for her, a desire that is not of God. And long story short, he takes, you know, he takes her, he brings her in. And then what happens is David commits gross sin and he has to cover it up. Now, how many of you know the Bible calls David a man after God's own? David is highly regarded in the Bible and throughout history as a great conqueror for the children of Israel. Yet, David, as we know, as we look through Scripture, as we look through record, David will have this on his record, okay? Now, let me ask you a question. The Bible also says that David was a mighty man. He was a mighty man. He knew how to fight. He knew what it took to win a war. So for David 
to one day decide, you know what, guys, I'm going to kick back on the lawn chair today. You go ahead, mount the horses. I'll meet you out there maybe tomorrow, eh, maybe by the end of the week or something. For David to make that decision, knowing what it took, things had to be going not bad, but good. He's the king of all Israel. His armies are like tearing it down and taking names. Israel is on the top of the world right now. King David is the ruler of Israel, is on the top of the world right now. Things weren't going bad. Things were going good. And in one moment, David's judgment was clouded. He made a decision to stay, which led to another clouded judgment decision. Do you see what I'm talking about? The care that we have to take. The Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. Remember that. God wants us to summit. God wants us to have these moments in our lives as we walk with him. But he wants us also to realize there's caution and there's care that we have to take as we ascend and as we are on the peak. Remember, we need God every moment of every day. Amen? Another reason we must look to God more than ever on the mountaintop also and not look to remain there is this. You know what's on top of the mountain? Nothing. Does it look like there's, besides snow, you know what's up there? Nothing. Nothing but the thrill of victory and what you brought up with you. The only provisions that you have on the mountaintop are what you brought with you. And since none of us are God this morning, none of us can formulate bread out of rock. None of us can take our trekking pole, slap that rock, and make water come out of it. Now, we can melt the snow, but there's no shelter. There's no food. There's no provision. The body can only survive a certain amount of time without these things. And what you bring with you can sustain you for a while, but eventually it will run out. Now, you know, we've, thus far we've shared a few lessons from Eagle Rock Vista, or uh, the mountain summit of Mount Everest. So talking about where we are, uh, where David, Joey, and I had the chance to, uh, to be. Took this picture. Actually, uh, this one isn't mine. I took a picture similar to it. But this is from our tents that morning on Eagle Rock Vista. Now, you can't see it that well. The colors aren't. But um, once again, uh, just you know, bringing a camera somewhere in, in beautiful nature, cameras just always can't capture the beauty of something. But that's a sunrise. How many of you have ever watched the sunrise from a mountaintop before? Can anyone say how beautiful it is? Absolutely gorgeous. Rolling, have the window open and the tent just looking at it. I remember just laying there, just kind of with my eyes open like, wow, man, that's gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. But we had to get moving because as beautiful as the experience was, as peaceful as the vista was up there, There was something that we did not have up there, and that was water. We didn't have water up there. And the other thing was our journey was far from over. This is us a few hours after that picture. We're getting ready because you know what? To complete what we had ahead of us, we had miles and miles and miles. We had a wonderful mountaintop experience, but our journey was far from over. You guys see what I'm saying this morning? The danger of staying too long on the summit is this. In addition to clouded thinking, when you summit, you're only halfway done. 
Because why? You have to make it back down. We were not designed to live on the mountaintop. If you remain too long up top, you will not have what you need to come back down. Going back to what happened in 1996 with the Everest expeditions, they had a certain time frame in mind, if you've ever done any study on what happened then. They were expected, they had to summit. Everyone that was going up that particular day said, we have to be up the mountain and we have to be coming off of the mountain by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We, and they all agreed those were the optimum conditions. That is, the, that is the, the line. We have to be there. But what wound up happening was there were troubles along the way that day, and some of the last ones to summit didn't wound up doing it until nearly 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And so there were all these people there way past the time that they had planned on it, and this crazy snowstorm rolled in and scattered them all into the storm, couldn't find their way, trying to get back desperately. And as many of you know, um, you know, when we have one little flurry, we cancel school, okay? A snowstorm here in Louisiana is not a snowstorm on the top of Mount Everest, okay? So what they were not prepared for was that to hit. And you can imagine the physical expansion, the expansion of physical, or the expending, I should say, not the expansion, the expending of physical energy that it takes to get to the top. There's also another reason. You have to get back down. You have to get to base camp and build your strength to be able to survive the rest of the trip down the mountain. They didn't have that, and they did not have the time. For the three of us, you know, we woke up that morning, it was peaceful, it was nice, we're like, you know what, man, we could just hang out here all day. But if we would have done that, we would have never made it to our next destination, and we would have exhausted the water that we did have in supply, because there was no water there. Keeping in mind that God gives us these summit attempts, God gives us these summit achievements, and they are amazing, and they are awesome, and they bring us joy, the spirit of joy that Doc talked about this morning. For the spirit of heaviness, Right? The reason that God gives us that is because he knows that we can hang on to him and hang on to those promises and hang on to the joy that we know exists only in Christ when we're past those mountaintop experiences. Because I promise you, they will come. Because once you start coming off of the mountain, you head down into a what? A valley. As much as we may not like coming off the mountain... How many of you like coming down from those awesome experiences? Me either. You want to live in those moments? You want to say, man, how many of you have ever said this before? Man, I wish it could stay like this forever. Whether we're talking about the weather that we're experiencing right now or those high moments in our lives, we find ourselves going, man, I wish it could be like this forever. But it's not designed to be so because God wants us to continue moving forward. And if you're standing on a mountaintop and you start walking, eventually you're going to find yourself going down. And it's in the natural order of things. But remember this, provision for the future is not seen on the mountain. It's found below. Psalm 23, many of you can probably quote it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Yea, though I walk through that valley, I will fear no evil, for you are what? 
with me. Hear that promise this morning. Say it. You are? You are? Look to heaven and say it. You are with me. The Lord says to look up. There's other scripture verses that talk about it. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Yet he also says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Why? Because I know the Lord is with me. He's with me wherever I go. Mountain high, valley low, the heights of heaven or the depths of hell or anywhere in between. If I'm making that commitment to walk with the Lord day by day, step by step, to not let the enemy want to trip me up and say, look, man, you've made it. Because you know what? If you have the victory through Jesus Christ and he didn't trip you up going up the mountain, he's assuredly going to try and trip you up coming down the mountain. We have an enemy who is opportunistic. Meaning he will seek any... Do you really think the devil cares that you had a mountaintop experience this week? All right, well, we didn't trip him going up. All right, guys, let's regroup. Let's regroup. Come on. Come here, come here, come here. We're either going to A... Make him love this experience so much that he stays on that mountain too long, exhausts all of his resources, and has no energy to come back down, and we'll get him down there, or we'll get him in the valley. Don't worry. A little joking, but you know what? That's the truth. You have a real enemy that really, 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 really wants to destroy you. But how many of you are grateful that our God is greater? His battle plan is better. His strategy for your life is smarter. In just every single way, he's better. Boy, it aggravates the devil to hear that. He's better. He's better. The pastures, written in Psalm 23, he makes me to lie down, rest. Where? Do you rest on the mountain? You can, but if you look at that face, that's not really designed for long periods of rest. Maybe just enough to get up your strength to head back down. Green pastures, speaking of rest, those are found below. He leads me beside still flowing waters. That's not found up there. That's found below. Many times we want to look on the word valleys. We want to look at that and say, oh, it's, oh, man, it's this. Yeah, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm going through the valley right now. Well, praise God. Because that just means you're gathering all your provisions for the next summit. If we are to have the necessary strength and provision for the next climb, we must first go through the valley. And we must be dedicated to continue moving. The victory is achieved when you summit. Right? But the lesson is learned when you make it back down. And, at that point, are prepared to help others do the same. 1 John 2.17 says, The things of this world are passing away, and the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God remains forever. Here on this earth, our natural human bodies, they are just not designed to last forever. David said it this morning. The only one who was really qualified to make a judgment on that woman didn't. Everyone else walked away. God remained. It's in his character to remain. No one else has the ability to last and to last and to last perpetually except God. And he lives in our heart, amen? Which means through God, that's why we say 
nothing is impossible. How many of you are familiar with Bobby Bowden, Coach Bobby Bowden? All right, we got a few hands. You know, football season is upon us. Bobby Bowden, coach of the Florida State Seminoles, and, um, you know, coach of other teams down through his coaching career. In the early 90s, it was said, because obviously at that point he'd been coaching for a long time, and um, it was said that, you know, he's a good coach, but he can't win the big one. He can't win the big one. Bobby Bowden can't win the championship. And then one day he blew everyone away and in a huge upset finally won the big one. And one of his assistant coaches at that time, Margaret, who's in Georgia now, Brother uh, Larry, Miss Brenda said amen. But he recalls a story that the next morning or the, you know, the next days after that huge victory, they were all in, they were having a meeting, and he walked in and was asking them. Coach Bowden was asking them one at a time, hey, you feel any different now that we've won the big one? No, not really. Hey, do you feel any different now that we've won the big one? No, not really. Why? Coach Bowden's answer to that was because that's not really the big one. You win the big one when you give your life to Christ. Because, you know, there's a lot of things that Coach Bowden has been and in the news and different things. You know what? We're all imperfect man and we all make mistakes. But you know what? The Christ in Coach Bowden is real. A devout believer, and that is what he told his, his team that day. That's what he told the men that helped head up that team. Look, guys, they said we couldn't do it, and now we've done it. We have reached the summit of college football. We won the big one. So anybody ready to just camp out on that field and hang on to that trophy? No. Why? Because life goes on. And there are things in life that God wants us to achieve. But you know what? We can't live on yesterday's victories. We have to keep going. We have to keep moving. And if we're going to have the strength and the provision to move on to the next and the next and the next valley and the next summit, we have to make that decision to keep going. Mountaintop moments are fleeting. What God gives us through them is what lasts forever. Let me say it this way. You know, the battles with others, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, you know? But how many of you realize there are times where we come into contact where we can have a, a battle with someone else, with some force, with some uh, circumstance in, in our life that involves other people? You know what I'm talking about? Those happen in the valley. But the battle with ourself happens on the mountain. And Christ wants to help us through both of them. So this morning and the challenge to myself, to all of us, is to this. The ultimate thing we have to remember in Christ is to keep moving in the wisdom and the guidance of God. And in that, we will see the victories on the summit, but we will also live to use them in the valley. Amen? Let's give God some praise for his word this morning. Thank you, Lord.